everybody, and welcome to the first annual, and I'm going to say first annual because Connor and I aren't going anywhere anytime soon, hopefully, um, Kelly Green Hour NFL Mock Draft. I'm your host, LG Hero, and joining me as always is Connor. Connor, it's an exciting time of year. We're less than a week away from the NFL Draft, and we are, I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Some This is going to provide some sense of normalcy, even though, um, you know, they're going to be doing from their basements or whatever home offices. They're not going to be, you know, in Vegas doing what they wanted to do in terms of having the the draftees go across the the fountain and whatnot on the stage in in Vegas. But at least you know we got some normalcy here um, in 2020 with what's going on around the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, it's I really I, I hate it for the people who were prepared, like the the players who were going to walk across the stage. This was their big moment. This was like their chance to to you know walk across the stage and be drafted and and be basically inducted into the NFL. And they're not going to get that opportunity. And it was going to be perhaps one of the most unique draft experiences for the people walking across the stage and going to the stage. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed for them, but I am some excited. I mean, free agency gave us a lot of fun. There's been there's been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of stuff to talk about. So the NFL has definitely kept a sense of normalcy now. The only thing is getting through this draft, and then will the season start on time? What's going to happen? I mean, based on listening to Donald Trump talk every couple nights because I, I can't, can't do that. I need, I need, I need I, to have multiple drinks if that's going to happen. I, I can't listen to him every night. So based on basically reading the news and hearing him every couple nights talk, it sounds like he's really pushing to get things going. And I mean, us as WWE fans, well, the state of Florida has declared uh, wrestling and sports in general an essential service. So there could be some avenues for making sports happen here. Well, soon. my, my thing is, obviously we don't want to dive too much into what's going on, but you don't want to open up too soon. Like in in countries around the world that have opened up, I think, you know, they're seeing the second wave of the coronavirus. So you can't open too soon. You gotta, you gotta be smart. You know, Florida's opening beaches. Like really are they, what I don't know, understand Florida. Sometimes Florida is just beyond anything um, that, that they're not normal. I'm going to say, why are you, why would you, I understand what it's like down there and they may not be, obviously testing isn't at the, the rate that it should be. So they're like, oh, you know, everything's flattening out, but why would you open a beach? Why would you do that? It, it makes zero sense. But again, I don't want to go there. We are going to talk, we're talking NFL draft. We're going to do the first round today. Now, this is how it's going to go. Connor's going to go first. He won the uh, spin of the wheel, uh, which means he's going to get the Eagles pick. So that'll be fun to discuss when we get to that point. Um, we're going to, we're not going to have a time limit in between picks, but we will discuss and then like move on, uh, from as, as we go throughout this draft, there will be no trades. We won't do that. Obviously there are going to be trades throughout, Mm -hmm. you know, the draft, but we're not going to incorporate that in because it's hard without knowing, you know, what each draft pick is valued and who's, what would you give up and this, that, and the third, so the Eagles aren't going to trade up from 21 to like 11 to try to get CeeDee Lamb. Like, it's not going to happen in our draft. It could happen uh, on Thursday night, which would be awesome if it did. But, um, you know, it's something that we're not going to go over now. So to get us started, the Cincinnati Bengals, who finished 2-14, and 14, are now on the clock. Connor, who you got? 
Well, I mean, this is by far the easiest pick to, of the entire draft. I think it's going to be LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with the rumors. I'm not going to shake anything up here. Joe Burrow is a clear pick here for the Cincinnati Bengals. They are they need to start building their franchise back up. The Andy Dalton era is over. The Marvin Lewis era is over. It's time for the Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow show to start taking off in Cincinnati. So I'm going with Joe Burrow. It's a simple pick. I don't <clears throat> I don't think he's a QB one in the draft personally, but it's obviously who the Bengals love and who the Miami Dolphins are rumored to be wanting to trade up for, but the cost will be too much. I think the Bengals just start with Joe Burrow. They start building their franchise from square one with the quarterback like we've seen and playing with the quarterback on that rookie contract. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of Joe Burrow. Um, I, I think two is better. Um, obviously, if, if he didn't have the injury concerns with that really bad hip injury that he had last year, I think it was against Mississippi State, um, Tua could be going to number one. Um, Joe Burrow had a year for the ages. I'm not going to deny that, but and, and that's why he's here. He's also an Ohio kid, so you know he's going to be playing for his uh, one of his hometown teams. So maybe in that, I just don't. I think Cincinnati's a place to go to die as a quarterback. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how much he's he's going to help, but you're right. That's kind of the easy pick um, when it comes to what Cincinnati should do. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm. Um, the number two pick, the Washington Redskins have needs. Um, they have a brand new everything, new coaching staff, um, new GM, I'm pretty sure. Um, and they still have Daniel Snyder, though. I'm not a Dwayne Haskins fan. Um, I don't know if Ron Rivera is going to be a Dwayne Haskins fan. Um, this is where it would not be shock me if the Redskins went went with a Tua or a Justin Herbert. But I'm going to stick to the board, go with probably the best player in the draft and as an Eagles fan, it's not going to be fun having Andre Dillard or Lane Johnson try to buy oh, Lane Johnson. I trust Andre Dillard. I don't know yet. Um, but the Washington Redskins with the second pick in the 2020 Kelly green hour NFL mock draft, take chase young, Ohio state defensive end. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for the need, the Bengals have that quarterback chase young is definitely, he he's been touted as the number one, the best prospect in this draft he's a freak athlete he's I personally don't think the Redskins are terribly far off and I've said that through past Kelly Green I was that I think they're a better team than they're being given but you have Dan Schneider you had a really bad coach you had those types of things now you have Ron Rivera he's going to shake things up there's going to be a lot of changes going on and I wouldn't be surprised to see them get to eight and eight or get to be in a 500 team this year because I don't think they're as far off as people think they are so Chase Young would be that's only, a that's, massive anchor for the Redskins and they're not far off if they trust Dwayne Haskins which I do not I don't think Dwayne Haskins is they I said it last year when he got drafted I, I'm and he went in, what, in 17th or something like that. He went in, in, in the teens. So they're, they're going to give him a chance. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. They, they're going to need to build that offensive line. but it, it's it, And they're going with the defensive line. Like, if they go back to the 3-4, which I think they're going to go to the 4-3, th- excuse me, because they, they've been primarily 3-4. You know, him and Ryan Kerrigan, if they put Kerrigan at edge, you know, with Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, like they have a lot of big guys. Uh, a really, they should have a really good defensive line. Absolutely, yes. Right, so, I mean, it, it goes without saying. Yes. So, uh, Connor, you're up with the Detroit Lions at number three. So, if we were doing trades, I think this is where we'd see the first trade 
I agree. of the day because I think that there's going to be there's going to be a lot of rumors, a lot of shaking around. Are the Chargers going to go with a quarterback? The Dolphins and the Carolina Panthers is like all that mess of teams that are looking at quarterbacks. And one of them is going to just freak out at the Lions create. I think the Lions created rumors with the whole they're looking at Stafford's replacement. I don't personally believe it's true. I don't think they'd go quarterback here. I don't think it would be smart for them to go quarterback. But I do understand the concerns for Matt Stafford. But that might just be enough to get things going uh, in the Dolphins and Chargers heads to say we should move up and get our quarterback there. Um, but since we're not going with trades, I think they gave up Darius Slay to the Philadelphia Eagles, which we are extremely pumped about. I think it makes 100% sense to go with Jeffrey Okuda in this instance. And I'm going to go with Jeffrey Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. I know there's been lots of talk recently about C.J. Henderson maybe moving up boards and getting ahead of Jeffrey Okuda and being the number one cornerback on the board. But I'm going with Jeffrey Okuda. I still think Jeff Okuda is the number one on the board. I love C.J. Henderson, and I think he is number two easily and likely will, will go in the top ten as well. Um, with some other teams uh, having the cornerback needs there. But Jeffrey Okuda going here to the Lions. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, and with Matt Patricia kind of leading the way there for them, they're, they're going to you know rely heavily on that defense. And you, you mentioned it. They gave up Darius Slay. So when you give up a, a Darius Slay, um, you, you're going to have to find somebody to uh, replace him. And Okuda is the best corner in the draft. Um I mean, it's a massive it's a massive hole. I mean, think about the Eagles. I mean, we have a killer defensive line. We've been relying on that defensive line year over year over year. But every time we come back and talk about the cornerback, the need at cornerback, the need at cornerback, how much could a shutdown corner help at that defensive line produce to the maximum ability that they can so i mean it's good to finally get one but you see just from the eagles per an example how important having a shutdown cornerback is so that's why i think jeffrey okuda's got to be the pick here yeah i agree and i do agree also agree with you that if we were doing trades this would be a uh, spot where a trade would be made um a team moving mm-hmm. up for for one of the for uh herbert or uh to Tango Bailoa. so yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you there all right, so uh, we're now at pick number four, the four and twelve New York Giants. I get the first you got two, all the my first two picks. Yeah, well, I get these two NFC East teams. You get the Cowboys and the Eagles later. So, <laughs> um, the Giants could go a number of ways here. They got a new coach. Um, they we know that they have Daniel Jones, uh, who Gettleman likes, obviously. Um, they have Saquon Barkley. They have some good young receivers to go with Golden Tate. So they have to build up the offensive line. They need to build up the defense. Uh, so I'm juggling between two, an offensive lineman and a defensive player, but I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I'm taking who I think, who I would love the Eagles to get, but it's never going to happen because obviously he is really good. Isaiah Simmons, the hybrid linebacker safety from Clemson. He is a man among boys. You saw him playing at Clemson. He was just really good. Um, just moving all over the field, going sideline to sideline. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. He can get after the quarterback. So I think the Giants are going to just play it smart, go to who, who they believe the best player available is at number four, who can help um, right away on the field, and that's Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is a man-child. He's going to be really good for the New York Giants. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I'd love the Eagles to get him mostly because he reminds me a lot of like a Malcolm Jenkins. He can do, he can play faster, the, the slot. The, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. He could play the slot nickel. He could do the linebacker. He can do the safety. He can do it all. He He's a beast. And I mean, there's, there's some solid, solid, it's a very heavy draft at the top for defensive players and especially offensive tackles as well and interior offensive linemen later on. Um, but, I mean, Isaiah Simmons is a beast, and I would love to see it. But, I mean, I'm a realist, and I'm going to sit on that hill. I'm going to die on that hill. There is no chance how he goes linebacker in the first two rounds. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. Unless he trades that first round pick back and gets other picks later, uh, multiple right. picks in the second round, maybe, maybe. But we'll talk about that down the line. When we get to 21. Definitely. Um, right. But Simmons so, is a beast pick. I love it. Beast. So three defensive players off the board in a row after Joe Burrow. Now we're down to number five, the 5-11 five and 11 Miami Dolphins, one of their wins against the Eagles, unfortunately. Um, they've, they've spent a lot of money this offseason. If you ask me, they'd probably get a quarterback and they have a shot with, with no Tom Brady in the AFC East. Who you got the Dolphins taking? So this is a really interesting one because the recent rumors about Tua and all these major concerns around, is he injury prone? I mean, we're Carson Wentz people, so we're shutting down the injury prone all the time. I don't, I don't know a ton about Tua's past, but I think this is his first major injury, and it's an injury that you can easily – well, maybe not easy, but you can come back from it. It's, it's not something like a, a multiple torn ACLs or, or something of the sort. So, I mean, he has, me, as an Alabama, uh, not to cut you off, as an Alabama fan, he had he had a, an ankle injury uh, the year before, towards the end of the year, came back and then, you know, had this really severe hip injury. Um, it's just that they compare when it first happened, they compared it to the Bo Jackson injury. Obviously, it wasn't that severe. Um, mm. as he's able to come back. So I understand where people are coming from in terms of, you know, can he withstand through an entire season? But obviously, I'm, I love to. I think Tua is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. But that's just me. Yeah, and I mean, I just recently saw the report that they tried to fly him down the day before the mm-hmm. NFL shut off travel. So that speaks to the concerns that they have. And there's rumors that they like some other quarterbacks on the board, one of which is Justin Herbert. So I'm going to shake things up. I'm going Justin Herbert at pick five to the Miami Dolphins, the quarterback from Oregon here, because I love Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert will be the number one quarterback out of this class. Mostly because I do share the same concerns with Tua. We both don't love Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert will be the best one. He's got some things to clean up, but he's got a cannon of an Iron Man. If you watch that, some of his videos of him throwing, especially the those deep throws that they did at the Combine, he makes it look so easy. He look, makes it look so simple. So I'm going Justin Herbert. I think that's Miami Dolphins QB of the future. All right. Um, and... While I think Herbert is going to be a good quarterback, he's not going to be the best quarterback in the draft. That's just me. Um, but, yeah, this is where I, can see, I, I, I see us getting to the start of a run on offensive players and, and the quarterback position because um, I have the 5-11 and 11 Los Angeles Chargers. They lost Phillip Rivers, who went to Indianapolis. Tyrod Taylor is their starter right now. They're going to draft the future, and his name is Tua Tonga-Vailoa from Alabama. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm a big Alabama fan. Um, I love – just loved to. I mean, when he came back in the 20, 2018 national championship game, I think it was, um, when he threw that in overtime after taking a sack, just threw a strike to Devontae Smith for a touchdown. Like, 
nothing phases this guy at all. He makes a lot of things look easy. And yes, does mm-hmm. he have a weird arm angle uh, and a weird throwing, you know, motion? Sure, but he, the point the ball gets from point A to point B and it gets there quick. Now there could be a question: Did all those really good receivers at Alabama make Tua Tagovailoa, or did Tua Tagovailoa make all those receivers? One thing that I, I I noticed though is the offense for Alabama changed when Nick Saban went to Tua. Jalen Hurts, they were primarily a running running team. You know, the quarterbacks before, they were primarily a running team, would use the running game to set up play action and throw the ball. Tua, they threw the ball, and they threw it a lot. And Tua is really good when it comes to RPOs. Um, so, you you know, Jordan Howard's going to have a chance to – he's going to have a chance – or, excuse me, um, Melvin uh, Gordon will have a chance. He can catch the ball out the backfield. Hunter Henry's going to have a chance. Keenan Allen's going to have – like, they're going to make plays with Tua Tagovailoa. I don't have the concerns that other people have. I think – and I'll say it again. I think Tua is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. Um, obviously, if he can stay healthy and all that, this, that, and a third. But I have no concerns about that. So the, the Chargers get their quarterback of the future, and his name is Tua Tagovailoa. And Tua is going to help sell tickets in that stadium that – I mean – they were at a soccer stadium the last two, three years, and they weren't able to sell tickets. They're going to have to find a way to sell tickets at this big brand spanking new stadium that they're going to share with the Rams. Two is going to help. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, especially I do believe the Anthony Lynn, what Anthony, Anthony Lynn is saying in the rumors that they're going to roll with Tyrod Taylor for a year. And you know what? If you're going to take an offense that Tyrod Taylor's running and you're going to hand it over to somebody else or you have to hand it over midseason because Tyrod's not the guy, which he likely is not the guy. Tua would be the one I'd want to hand it over to. I think it's an offense that you can easily, if you built this one around Tyrod Taylor, I think it's one you can easily pass on to Tua and you can continue to roll with things in that direction. I think the LA Chargers have actually been a team with incredibly bad luck over the past few years. I They are not as bad as the pick that they're picking at. They have had bad luck. They've had freak accidents with injuries. Um, They've had issues with like Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers had a terrible season this past season. His accuracy was off. Um, so I mean, this is this will be big. They no matter what, I think they end up with a Tua or they end up with a Justin Herbert. They're gonna end up with one of those big big names coming off the board there because it just doesn't make sense to go anywhere else because they got a great secondary cornerback safety. Their defense is beasts if they can stay healthy their offense you just spit off some of the weapons there you got Eckler Williams Allen Hunter Henry I forgot Morgan left I'm Gordon left I don't know why I mentioned his name that was my bad I forgot all good yeah yeah all good all good I'll correct that for you but like that that's the thing like they got the weapons they just need to prepare for the future and get a quarterback and they will find out pretty early on in the season that Tyrod Taylor is not the guy and lucky they will have someone waiting in the wings like Tua or Justin Herbert but I love the Tua trade or Tua draft pick and I think that that's a great like Anthony Lynn can build an offense for Tyrod Taylor that Tua will be able to walk into easily Yep. All right. So we're moving on. Number seven, um, the Carolina Panthers uh, finished five and 11, got rid of Ron Rivera. And they have Matt Rule, who's building what seems like Temple South down in North Carolina with the Panthers, who you got the Panthers taking. This is a really tough pick because you said there's going to be a run on offensive players. But I think this is where we just take that step back and go defensive one more time because I got to debate C.J. Henderson and Derek Brown. So the the interior defensive line in Carolina is not that great. They got they got some decent guys on the outside who could really use the help of a good, strong interior defensive lineman like Derek Brown. 
but they also lost their shutdown cornerback in a division where you got to watch Michael Thomas, where you got to watch Julio Jones. Do you do you really want to leave that cornerback position just open to whoever's there? Because James Bradbury did a really good job uh, at that position and shutting some of those guys down. So I'm going C.J. Henderson at cornerback from the cornerback from Florida here because I think they got to cover their ass at cornerback and they got to do it really quick because they will get eaten alive. Like you have the New Orleans Saints come to town or you play them two times a year and you got. Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas. And you have Tom Brady in the division now. And then, yeah, you got, and the, the, yeah, like you got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, you got Michael Thomas, you got Emmanuel Sanders, you got Calvin Ridley, you got, you got Julio Jones, you got to go cornerback. I'm sorry. Derek Brown is a beast. He's an athletic monster. I get it, but you can't leave that cornerback position open. Although are they tanking? Maybe. Maybe, but C.J. Henderson is an amazing shutdown cornerback that they need to get, and to, he will step into the Bradbury role. I think he will better what Bradbury was doing. Yeah, when you pick up the are they you mentioned are they t- tanking? Um, when you say are asking are they tanking? You never know. I mean, um, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence from Clemson's coming out next year, so a lot of teams could be looking to uh, acquire that number one pick. All right, so we're now at number eight. The Arizona Cardinals uh, finished five ten and one last year. Um, Aaron Murray won Offensive Rookie of the Year. They picked up DeAndre Hopkins. They got Kenyon Drake um, in in a, a midseason trade last year. So, um, this is a real, has a chance to be a really good offense. Um, Patrick Peterson's back f- for the defense, so you know they're going to find a way to 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 stop you know teams. I'm they have to protect Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to go with. Iowa offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs. If he drops this, I think they'll be happy if he drops down to number eight. Giants could be looking for a tackle, so you never know if he goes before this. But I think the Cardinals are going to just find a way to keep Kyler Murray upright because if you keep Kyler Murray upright against that receiving corps, that offense, it's going to be tough to to stop DeAndre Hopkins and, and, and the weapons that they have on that offense. So they're going to find a way to, to protect Kyler Murray, and they're going to do that with Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, I can't remember the number that I heard, but Kyler Murray, I think, was the most sacked quarterback last year. Um, so, I mean, you have to be very careful. I mean, he's not a big guy, so he's not someone you want getting sacked like 75 to 100 times a season. He's a guy that you got to protect, and the only way you're going to win games with that high-octane offense is to keep your quarterback upright, to give him the time to make the right decision and to make the big plays happen. You talked about it. You got Kenny Drake and Chase Edmonds coming out of the backfield. You got DeAndre Hopkins. Like, there, there's some. there, And then you got Christian Kirk on the other side, Andy Isabella, who's barely even began to probably show himself as a slot receiver that he is. There's, there's a lot of weapons. And if you can keep Kyler Murray, if you can give him that five to six seconds in the pocket, which is the uh, average to above average time that a quarterback needs in the pocket, he can make some big plays. He will make big plays make big plays and people will be looking back and saying he definitely chose the right sport between baseball and football because well, I, I, think he did anyway. I love Kyler matter. Murray. I'm a huge yeah. Kyler Murray fan too. I'm a, I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. I, I really do like him and, and I think he made the right decision and he's got the best coach to maximize that decision to become a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Yep. We'll see. All right. Pick number nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars can go any number away. Gardner Minshew is now the starter after them trading Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears. Who do you have the Jaguars taking with the ninth selection? 
I mean, like you said, you could go any number of directions here because the Jaguars seem like a tanking team as well, almost. But on the bright side, they do have pick number 20 down the road as well. So I'm going to make the first of the two Jaguar picks and then you get the second. Um, I'm going Derek Brown here. You get Derek Brown dropping all the way down to number nine here. Um, I mean, I understand the need to to protect and give weapons to to Gardner Minshew. You're building around Gardner Minshew. He's your your quote-unquote franchise quarterback. I don't believe it. I don't see it, but we'll see down the road. But you also have almost no interior defensive line. You have Yannick Nagaku, who will guaranteed be gone or be a completely disgruntled mess come the start of the season if they don't move him. You have Jalen Ramsey's gone, so you have the need at cornerback. They have no safety, so they have needs all over the field. Um, so I'm going with Derek Brown. I'm going to see, see them start to solidify that defensive line, start to solidify that defense because Gardner Minshew does have weapons. You got DJ Shark, you got Leonard Fournette as long as you can keep him happy because it looks like he could be headed in the disgruntled direction as well without a new contract. So he has some weapons minus a tight end, but there is no tight end worth taking in the first round this year. So I am going Derek Brown interior defensive lineman from Auburn. That's a good pick. Derek Brown's the best def- defensive tackle in the draft. Um, and that's and, and he's also a guy you can see a team like maybe the Atlanta Falcons, or somebody like that trade up to, to want to acquire. Or Carolina could possibly take him at number seven, like you, you were mentioning when you were talking about them, um, because they did lose <clears> – <throat> excuse me, they lost, um, I think, both of their defensive tackles from last year. So he's a name that, that could be heard early or earlier in the draft. All right, the New York Jets. Um you have the Cleveland excuse me, Browns. The Cle- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wrote down my pick and I forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> the Cleveland Browns at number 10, um, they're six to 10. They have a lot of weapons on that offense. Um, new coach in Kevin Stefanski. Um, what I think they're going to want to do is protect Baker Mayfield, because as I mentioned, just like the same thing, um, when it, when it came to the Arizona Cardinals, if you could protect your quarterback with the weapons that they have on the offensive side of the ball, you're going to score points. So with the 10th pick in the 2020 Kelly Green Hour NFL mock draft, the Cleveland Browns select Makai Becton, Louisville offensive tackle. He could pretty much go in and possibly start right away. I know they, they, they signed some guys um, at the tackle position, but if you have somebody that can be young and that can play right away, you put them out there, let them learn, and kind of let them build his game and know how to block for – somebody like a Baker Mayfield. Um, they have a lot of weapons on that offense. If you keep your quarterback upright, you'll score, po- you'll, you'll score points. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the pick, although the rumors coming out about the drug test recently, yeah, is that yeah. going to make him drop? Tough to say because like because you can't meet with players. You can't talk about like all this stuff that teams can't do. It's like, I might just have to take that shot in the dark. But like you said, even if Becton falls and they need an offensive tackle. Thank God it's loaded at the top because there's still Jedrick Wills and Andrew Thomas mm-hmm. to fall behind Becton. Worst case scenario, they will be able to protect Baker Mayfield. And he definitely, Baker Mayfield, I think, has been plagued by a poor offensive line and an inability to make the decision in a timely manner because of that. And But he's got weapons all over that damn field. It doesn't matter. You could, if the rumors about OBJ being traded or whatever may be true, who cares? He's still got weapons all over that field. You can move on from OBJ and you will be just fine, but they definitely got to protect him. Having OBJ helps, though. I won't lie. All right. So let's mm-hmm. move down to pick number 11 now. The New York Jets, who finished 7-11, 7-9. Uh, and nine. Again, 
anything can happen in the AFC East now that Tom Brady is no longer the quarterback of the New England Patriots. So all three, three, all the three other teams think they have a shot coming into this year. Who you got the Jets taking? Now this is a tough one. There's the to protect Sam Darnold or to give him weapons because Robbie Anderson is no longer there and his current best weapon on the field is Jamison Crowder, a slot receiver. What about Rashad Perriman? I don't. I'm not a big fan. I think people are too high on Rashad Perryman. I I think Jamison Crowder will continue to eat the bulk of the targets unless they get a a weapon. So I am going with, and this will be coming maybe potentially as a surprise, but he's been compared to Tyree Kill, and that is what teams love. They want speed. They want speed, and he's my favorite wide receiver in this draft, Henry Ruggs III. I have him going to the New York Jets with this pick because he's got the speed. If you're being compared to Tyree Kill and look what Tyree Kill's been doing for Patrick Mahomes, imagine what Henry Ruggs can do for a guy like Sam Darnold. They can try and protect him later on in the draft, but for now you got to get him another weapon. You got to get you got Le'Veon Bell coming out of the backfield, but he's not being used properly. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about Rashad Perryman. You're talking about Jamison Crowder. That is like a a the B team of wide receivers right there. Henry Ruggs makes them become the that's a b team what do the eagles have (laughs) oh we have a practice squad and we damn well know we have a practice squad Um, so let's i i I love the henry ruggs pick i'm a huge henry ruggs fan i know obviously um i'm with the eagles to find a way to get either him or cd lamb i would be ruggs first and then cd lamb second um you know he can do anything with the football watching him and jerry judy you know catch the ball and then just stop on dime, like make moves when they're on the field for Alabama. Like it was just amazing to watch. Um, I, I, I'm glad he's in a green uniform. I wish it was an our green uniform, um, but he'll be good for the Jets. All right. With mm. the 12th selection is the Las Vegas Raiders. Got to get used to saying that. The Las Vegas Raiders. What is one theme when it comes to the Raiders that you can think of, Connor, when it comes to usually who they pick? And it goes back to the Al Davis days when, you know, when he was alive. What's the theme? Um, speed. speed. And that's yes. this is what they're what John Gruden is gonna want. He's gonna want to acquire whether it's at the wide receiver position or cornerback position, which are their two, I think their two biggest needs. So with the 12th pick in the 2020 Kelly Green Hour NFL mock draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select CD Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma. He may have the best hands in the draft, but we know he's special when he catches the football. And and, and does, he got to play with Baker Mayfield, got to play with Kyler Murray, played with Jalen Hurts last year. Like he has had the luxury of playing with some pretty good quarterbacks at the college level. Now he's going to go play with Derek Carr um, and under the tutelage of John Gruden going to Vegas. He's going to make a lot of plays for that offense, pairing him with Josh Jacobs. Um, that, and that offense has another offense that has a chance to be really good, really fast, put up a lot of points. CeeDee Lamb's just going to help the Raiders. And we are now on our run of wide receiver picks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this has to be the best case scenario for the Las Vegas Raiders because, I mean, there are teams ahead that do have the needs at wide receiver. Like I mentioned, Jacksonville could look that direction, but they also really have a completely, they went from having one of the best defenses, like not even four or five years ago, to probably the worst defense, having a disgruntled defense and trading everybody away. So the Jaguars have to start addressing the defense. So they couldn't afford that pick their wide receiver. Um, the Jets could go tackle, could go wide receiver. So they could even have the pick of all three of them. So the best mm-hmm. case scenario is to have the pick of two of the three top receivers. 
uh, between Ruggs, Lamb, and Judy, and that would honestly be the best case scenario for the Raiders. I think that Derek Carr is being completely disrespected and being completely underrated by Raiders fans and by the NFL in general. The man has not had the weapon that they wanted was Antonio Brown. He, well, we all know the story about that, the ongoing saga with him. Um, he needs a wide receiver. He, he does he have a better wide receiving core than the Eagles? Yes. Yes. But Everybody does. Does he have that much of a better wide receiving core than the Eagles? I don't think so. Hunter Renfro came in. He's really good. Darren Waller stepped up massively. Like Darren Waller became the Zach Ertz of that offense. And uh, and then you have Terrell Williams who struggled with some injury issues throughout the season. And First but when he was healthy, he did really good. well. Yeah, he did really well for the first few games. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you put throw in a C.D. Lamb, a Jerry Judy, or a Henry Ruggs, this Vegas Raiders squad is going to be dangerous. Yep. All right, so let's move to number 13. The San Francisco 49ers, early, um, during the free agency period, made a trade with the Indianapolis Colts, who originally held this spot when they traded – was it Armstead? Did they trade it? or was yeah, I believe was so. Was it Armstead? I know it was one of the two. But they traded um, Eric Armstead to the Colts for – this this 13th overall pick, a uh, couple other things in there. So the NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers, who do you got them taking here, Connor? Uh, I think this is a team who's had some just bad luck with wide receivers because like you got Dante Pettis, who has yet to really emerge as anything, who's this is probably the final year. You, you either prove it or you lose it. Then you got Debo Samuel, who's kind of proven pretty effective. He's doing some things for them. He's a Swiss Army knife type of uh, wide receiver for them. Can do a bit of everything. Um, but then after that, it was Emmanuel Sanders. So now there's a bit of a hole. So I think this is a team who literally just went and lost in the Super Bowl. I They're not that far off. They're a really strong team. They could address cornerback because Richard Sherman's getting older. Their secondary's getting a little bit older. But I think you cannot pass on Jerry Judy in this situation. So I'm going Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama in this situation. Because as we saw, Jimmy Garoppolo, either he didn't like to throw, doesn't like to throw, or he's they didn't trust to throw. I no, think. They, they didn't trust him. That's, that was it. They have exactly. trust in him. So, I mean, I think if you give him a guy like Jerry Judy, who also has some really good hands, who can make some catches, who can make the contested catches and make some big plays, suddenly J- Jimmy Jimmy G will trust himself. They might trust Jimmy G more. And think about Jerry Judy, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle running around that field as receiving options. Suddenly you got, you got some pretty good pieces. And if you don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to throw, then you wouldn't trust literally the worst quarterback in the NFL to throw at this point. So why did you give him the money? Yeah, exactly. But I think they lost that Super Bowl because they lost trust in, in him. And, and he didn't really throw the ball all that much. And when he had to, he was really inconsistent. All right. We're almost halfway through this uh, first round of the NFL draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sensation of the offseason after signing Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of weapons. Mike Evans, um, Chris Godwin. OJ Howard, um, they could possibly might look look to upgrade at the running back position. But again, as I've had it for a number of picks, protect the quarterback. The offensive line on for Tampa Bay was their weak link. Um, they really haven't made any moves in the offseason to to upgrade it. So they're going to draft their somebody who can go in there right away and protect Tom Brady. And that will be Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia. 
Um, he's going to go in there. Be I think he would be the right tackle. I don't. I don't I'm blanking on who the offensive line for Tampa is right now, but he's a big guy, six five, three fifteen. Um, he, he's going to go in there and he's going to become Tom one of Tom Brady, Brady's best friend friends and Brady's going to look to do some damage with that all. Again, another team that has a really good offense and their defense is pretty good too. So if, if they can protect the court, they get the quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over 30 times by throwing 30 interceptions in a year. So it, sh- it should be interesting what, what Tampa does with their quote unquote new jerseys. They kind of look the same, just like Cleveland's jerseys look the same. Um, but yes, the Tampa Buc- Buccaneers take Andrew Thomas. Yeah, which is a great pick here. Obviously, Tom Brady chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of the weapons that the Patriots could not put around him and probably the price tag that the Patriots were not willing to pay, nor could they pay because they are, I think they literally have like less than a couple million dollars left, if not in more towards the negative end of it. Um, so, I mean, th- this is a big thing. You have the weapons for him. Ronald Jones is not a bad running back. It would be a far-fetched reach at this point to go uh with the running back position in my eyes so yeah you have to go with the next best thing what can you do to protect brady and to give yourself the best chance in the next two years of winning a super bowl and bringing it to tampa that would be through protecting tom brady you have the weapons like you said the defense is pretty strong very a lot better than what they're given but like you said, when you're back on the field so quickly and had the first quarterback in history to throw a 30-30 season, um, yeah, it makes it tough on a defense. So if you have a smarter quarterback, which we all know Tom Brady, probably the greatest quarterback in NFL history, um, yeah, you just got to protect the guy, give him time. And with those weapons, no doubt he will have success. He doesn't even need someone in the backfield because they got lots of of guys out of the slot you got like oj howard cameron Brate, scotty miller and then on the outside you got mike evans and mike evans and chris godwin so you got tons of weapons to work with for tom brady there yep all right so let's move to number 15 the denver broncos at seven and nine where do you have them going connor Honestly, this is probably the worst case scenario because they need someone to put on the opposite side of Cortland sutton here this is another team who i'm kind of like like I kind of feel they're a lot better than than they seem. I think they're mm. a team who's who's getting there. They got Drew Locke now. They got Noah Fant. Their offensive line isn't terrible. It's not great. They can at least protect the quarterback to to better than some of the people who had to go offensive uh, linemen earlier. Um, they do need a cornerback now that Chris Harris is out of the mix, but it might be a little too soon to reach on like a Jeff Gladney or a Christian Fulton. So I think I'm going to go with protecting the franchise quarterback and take the last of the top offensive tackles on the board, and that's Alabama's offensive tackle, Jedrick Wills, with no cornerback, no great cornerback in sight, no great wide receiver in sight. Anything would be a reach. So you might as well go with the best player available at one of the more important needs, which is protecting your franchise, Drew Locke. So I'm going with Jedrick Wills here. Not a bad pick. Um Again, you mentioned it. You protect the quarterback. I'm not a big Drew Locke fan, so we'll see. Um, they, but you know, and, and they could also get younger on the defensive side of the ball you know, with, you know, some of their their guy, you know, Von Miller, who, um, you know, we hope he gets well because he's uh, battling the the coronavirus right now. So you know, they, they could go on the defensive side of the ball. But you're right, you go and you protect your quarterback, and that's what they do with Jedrick Wills. All right, we're at the halfway point. The 7-9 Atlanta Falcons are now on the board. Um, they have weapons on the offensive side of the ball. We know that. 
I think they're going to want to improve that defense with Dan Quinn being the defensive, you know, play caller. He's going to want to try to get players they, they, to get after the quarterback. So juggling two names here, I'm going to go with Clavon Chazon, um, the, the edge rusher for LSU. For the Atlanta Falcons, uh, he's going to go and sport those ugly new uniforms that they have, and he's going to get on the field and just rush the quarterback. Which you know, as a as a young guy coming into the league, if your number one goal is just to get after the quarterback, that's the easiest thing you can do. You don't really have to worry about anything else. Just get after the quarterback and build your game, learn techniques of uh, the, the offensive guys you're going up against, so you can kind of have an idea of what plays are coming. And I think uh, Levon Chason is going to do that for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, you could have either you could have won with Kinlaw, you could have won with Chason. I think it's a win for the Atlanta Falcons either way because their defensive line has been they lost the majority of their defensive line in this offseason, so their defensive line needs to be rebuilt basically from the ground up. Uh, they have a really good offense. Otherwise, I mean, they could go running back, but like I said, at this point, I don't see any running back as a first round value. Obviously, coming up later on, we may see that there is one that just fits the mold so well for a team. Um, but for, for for this perspective, I mean, I think you got to start rebuilding that defensive line because Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, that they can only do Hayden Hurst's new tight end there can only do so much and put so many points on the board. You got to get to that quarterback. You got to create pressure. And that starts on that defensive line, as we know, as the Eagles fans. Yep. All right. Now you get the Dallas Cowboys. Is there a punter available they can draft in the first round? <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could say that. I really <laughs> do. I mean, at, at this point, Caleb on Chason probably would have been the pick if he had a got there. Uh, they have a need at safety. They have a need at cornerback. So they could go Jeff Gladney. They could go Christian Fulton. They could go Xavier Grant McKinney, Grant Delpit, any of the picks. There's been a bit of pushback on Xavier McKinney and the athleticism that he provides as a safety position. This is also uh, a spot that Dallas, if if they could put a package together, they could trade to the Jets for Jamal Adams, which I hope they don't do because I like Jamal Adams a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I would love to have Jamal Adams in Philadelphia, but as it's quite clear where they're going at the safety position with Rodney McLeod and Jalen Mills. So for this pick, I, I don't love Xavier McKinney either, so I'm going with Grant Delpit at the safety position. I think it's a reach to go to the cornerbacks. There's been question marks about Christian Fulton. Um, Jeff Gladney seems like a really good option as well. The The top edge the top edges are off the board. There isn't another one for quite a while. I think Eater Gross Matos would probably be a bit of a reach at this point. So I'm going with Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU with the 17th pick to the Cowboys. I would kind of be upset at that. I like Grant Delpit. Um, he can cover tight ends. He can cover slots. He can get after the quarterback, uh, go sideline to sideline. So that would be a good pick. And Dallas has to, to – um, improve at the safety position and with the new coaching staff and all that I mean they got rid of Mr. Clapp himself and hoping that um, Mike McCarthy's I, I still my thing is are they going to get Dak signed is he going to show up is going to be the big question so it'll be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. all right now at number 18 the Miami Dolphins who got this from the Pittsburgh Steelers in the the trade that where they sent Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers so we know what their first pick. Give them something from. good. I gave you a franchise quarterback. Now you got to work with it. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, they got Justin Herbert. Um, they could go offensive line, but I'm not really a big fan of any of the offensive linemen that are around at this point. So I'm going to give them a defensive playmaker, somebody that in his in college he, he was a big guy, was able to get after, um, was was able to cover and get after the quarterback, and he kind of built himself up. I'm going to go with linebacker Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Uh, we know that their head coach, um, what the heck is their head? I can't think of the head coach now. What's Miami's head coach's name now? Oh, Flores, Brian Flores. Yeah, Flores, Brian Flores. Um, there we go. He's a defensive guy, so he's going to want to improve that defense. They made a lot of moves, as I mentioned before, um, this offseason. They think that they have a chance to compete with the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots to win the division. Kenneth Murray's going to be able to get on the field for them right away and help. So Murray from Oklahoma going, going to the Dolphins. Good move. I mean, I like the move. Like with the Miami Dolphins, they did spend a ton of money. They have a bunch of pieces. They have a bunch of assets now on board. And like you said, they, I mean, they realistically have a good chance of at least getting to bordering on 500 this season. So any type of weapon you can add at this point, once you get your franchise quarterback is basically best player available with a focus on the offensive side of the ball because the defensive side of the ball is not looking that bad given some of the moves that they made obviously they're not great did they overpay likely but they had so much salary cap available um but at the end of the day you got to go best player available or what is perceived as the best player available for them at each position Mm -hmm. all right 19th pick you get the Las Vegas Raiders who got this pick from the Chicago Bears as part of the trade that they made last year, last offseason, for Khalil, Khalil Mack. Mack. Yeah, so this this is a tough pick for me. So, I mean, they got their wide receiver, so they got some help. Now you got to look. They could probably use some help at the cornerback position. Definitely, they have some really good defensive linemen. And I think at this point, this is a really good scenario for them to have Javon Kinlaw, the interior defensive lineman at a South Carolina, fall to them. He's a beast. He's a big guy, and he will really help. I mean, you look at Max Crosby. They got some guys on the outside now who can actually, who were able to create pressure with not much, not a whole lot of support on the interior defensive line. So I think Javon Kinlaw will help massively and will allow the edge guys to get a lot more pressure. And they have a bunch of linebackers now on the roster that can also help. So their defense is starting to look a lot better now. And I think the Javon Kinlaw drop in here and having the pick of two of the three top wide receivers at the top is a best case scenario for the Las Vegas Raiders here. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you there. Um, Kinlaw be a beast for the Raiders. Um, putting him next to last year's first round pick. Uh, what the heck was the uh, Clinton, Farrell, 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 Farrell from, from Clemson. Yeah. So I think that that's a, a good, good pick for them. All right. At number 20, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got this from the Los Angeles Rams in the trade for Jalen Ramsey. So what can the Jaguars do? Improve the offense for Gardner Mitchell, continue to improve the defense. They need cornerbacks. They don't. They lost Ramsey. They lost Bowie. Bowie, Bowie whatever. A.J. Bouye. I'm going to go with cornerback Christian Fulton from LSU. I think that he's going to go in, be a starter right away. Um, they need to improve the outside of that defense. And last year they took um, the the linebacker in the first round, uh, Josh Allen. Um, they have we, we talked about Ngakwe. Will he be there this year? Probably not. Wouldn't shock me if a trade's made during the draft. 
to get him out of town um, for them to acquire more picks. So, um, but I think Christian Fulton is going to be a good pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, you come up again and you have the same option. Some of the wide receivers could be a reach here, but although we're about to talk Eagles here, so yeah. I shouldn't say speak too soon about reaching on a wide receiver. But I mean, you could have went any number of directions. There's Josh Jones, a tackle at a Houston, Jeff Gladney, Christian Fulton, Xavier McKinney. You could have went any direction, but as we're seeing, they need to rebuild that defense big time. The, the interior, we addressed the interior defensive line earlier. There's not much there for the edge. Um, for them, it's really a best player available scenario at the second pick. You try and address a major need with that first pick, and then the second pick, you go with the best player available option. And and Christian Fulton's a very good option, especially considering without Bouye and Ramsey around, mm-hmm. you really got to start to consider that secondary. Yep. All right. Now we're at the fun pick. With the 21st pick, the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFC East champs are on the board. Where do you got the hometown team going, Connor? Oof. This is a tough one. This is a really tough one. So like I said, I won't be the guy to go linebacker. I love Patrick Queen, but I'm sorry. It's just not in Howie's nature. I don't think you see it in the first two rounds. I'm going to die on that hill, like I said, because that's where I have been sitting since this whole uh, since this whole offseason started. Um, uh, man, for, for me, I mean, we could go cornerback. We could go Jeff Gladney and try and solidify things. But I really think they want to see what they got in a combo of Darius Say and and Sidney Jones here. I hate. Is to- Sidney Jones going to be starting? I, I mean, I would love it. But do you think Sidney Jones is starting on the outside when you come first day of camp? I think so. I don't I don't think you can really give anybody else the I mean, the they, they like job. Maddox, but I don't think Maddox is an outside corner. He's either a slot or a mm-hmm. safety. Yeah, same. And, and, and Rasul Douglas, Douglas is slow. Yeah. He's going to be gone. I think they trade him during draft weekend. Um, and again, he's a safety. He's not a corner. I don't care how much you love him. He yeah, I love him. The, I don't care. He Wherever he ends up, he's going to perform, and you're going to see it because secondaries yeah, if, are not given the proper chance in this defense. He won't perform at corner. He'll perform at safety. He's not a cornerback. I will wherever, die wherever he performs, he's going to perform, and it's going to be a regretful trade at the end, in my opinion. In my humble opinion on that, I hate to make this pick because I don't, I do not love the pick at all. It's between Jefferson and Mims at the end of the day. I think Mims is more of a reach. I think Jefferson's more of the established wide receiver talent. If this is what they have available on Thursday night, on 21st, they're trading back. I do not like Justin Jefferson. I'm not a big T. Higgins fan. I want them to trade up for one of the top three or take, you know, I don't know, take the best player available. If, if, If Fulton or Delpit were here, I would take one of them too. But they're not, obviously, in our draft, they're not here. So I do not. You could obviously it's your pick to take whoever you want, but I'm not a big fan of either of those two at this spot. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't love it. I think you either trade up or you trade back. But if you don't get one of the top three wide receivers, Ruggs, Judy, or Lamb, you trade back. I think it's a no-brainer. I don't care what the research you've done on Jefferson, the research you've done on Mims. There might be a team willing to trade up. And then Denzel Mims suddenly makes a whole lot more sense if you get into the 27, 8, 27, 20, 29, 30 pick range. Suddenly Denzel Mims makes more sense. And I like Denzel Mims more than Justin Jefferson. Um so I'm gonna take I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the leap of faith. I'm going Denzel Mims because I'm gonna assume that we trade back in this scenario. Um I, I think Justin Jefferson's being hyped a lot. He may be being overhyped. That that LSU team was a monster of a team 
at the end of the day. Who made who? Who was the reason for what? We don't really know. But I don't love Justin Jefferson, and I know there's a lot of people who are in love with him and who think that they who would probably say that the Eagles should trade up for Justin Jefferson. No, but I'm just no, no. not there. We either trade up or we trade down if this is a situation. If somehow one of those top three gets down here, best case scenario for sure. But I think no matter what, there's going to be a trade of some sort. And no matter what, we're leaving this round with a wide receiver, I think. I don't think Howie will allow us not to, or an interior offensive lineman, which the best one would be Cesar Ruiz, who you'd have to definitely trade back to go after. Well, we'll see. And I don't think, obviously, and I mentioned, I, I, I say this all the time, nobody knows what Howie Roseman is thinking, except Howie Roseman. So we'll see. Obviously, if they go linebacker, it would be a big shock to everybody. Um, but we'll I, right. man, I got some. I got. I see some mocks over there, and I see people dying on this hill of he's taking a linebacker. Yeah, but, yeah, but then last like, year everybody watched? said we were taking a corner and we traded up for an offensive lineman. Exactly. And have you watched Howie Rosen? Have you watched the Jim Schwartz defense? If you're not an athletic linebacker who all you do is chase and back up the off the the defensive line and the secondary, it doesn't matter. They ain't gonna invest that high. I'm I sorry. do want them it's to pick something. I do want them to pick somebody up to get freaking Nate Jerry off the field, though. All right. We're at number 22. It's the Minnesota Vikings. They finished 10-6 and six last year. They got this from the Buffalo Bills in the Stefan Diggs trade. I'm glad the Eagles didn't make that trade because the, the Bills gave up a lot. Um, um, the, the Vikings just re- gave um, – the heck is their quarterback's name again? I, I am Kirk struggling Cousins. with names today. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yes. They gave Kirk Cousins um, an extension. They're going to want to get a, a, a receiver to play – um, on the opposite of uh, Thielen, um, Dalvin Cook, who has a chance to be one of the best running backs in the league. You know, they can build up the offensive line also, as they always do. But I think that they're going to go wide receiver. And you mentioned his name in, you know, when it came to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to take Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. Um, he could play on the outside. He could play in the slot. They said, you know, the, the coaches from LSU say going up against that secondary that they have at LSU, Grant Delpit. Christian Fulton, you know, they have a lot of guys there that go to the pros and it made them better. So the Vikings are going to hope to get the fruits of that labor by taking Justin Jefferson. Yeah, for me, I think Justin Jefferson's a better choice to go where you have an established (laughs) wide receiver. And we don't really have that. I mean, we have Deshaun Jackson, but he's getting older. We we have like Jay Jaw, who we're still trying to see what we got in him. So, I mean, I think Justin Jefferson across from Adam Thielen or playing on the same field as Adam Thielen and an Irv Smith Jr. and a Kyle Rudolph and a Dalvin Cook. Uh, suddenly he becomes a far more attractive option at the wide receiver position. So I'm definitely on board with Justin Jefferson going there versus going to Philadelphia because I just don't think Jefferson's going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL. I don't either. All right. New England Patriots. This is definitely now where things get interesting. It wasn't Tom Brady. Was it Bill Belichick? No Brady. We're going to see what Belichick does. What do you think the Patriots do here at number 23? This is a tough pick because when you look at this roster up and down, like you look at the wide receiver position, you got your best wide receivers are Mohamed Sanu. Well, you got Nikhil Harry, but then you got Mohamed Sanu and Julian Edelman. The wide receivers are old. Um, you would have preferred to have a wide receiver drop here. This is a best case scenario in the regards that you have a Jordan Love to pick from. You might be able to go after Jordan Love and try and mold him. Um, the biggest need, without a doubt, I don't, I don't mind Jared Stidham, don't love him. The need is that corner, uh, quarterback. 
Um, quarterback and wide receiver are the two biggest needs, in my opinion. And I'm gonna go with I'm gonna roll with it. I mean, there's starting to be some rumors about trading up. They don't really have a whole lot of leverage because they don't have a second round pick or a third round pick. Um, so I think if you get the best case scenario where you get a developmental quarterback like Jordan Love to drop to you here at 23, you take him. So I am taking him here. Jordan Love, quarterback at a Utah State. He's got a really good arm. He He's being compared, and I've seen a lot of talk about him similar to um, Jameis Winston in regards to his decision-making, but you got Bill Belichick. He will coach those turnovers out of you, or you will be gone. So I'm going with Jordan Love here because I think Bill Belichick can do some good things with Jordan Love in this situation. Man, you took my pick. That's why I had the Saints taken. Um, because I think that you know Drew Brees has, what, a year or two left, and he's going to the— NBC, he's going to go, you know, and commentate for NBC and whatnot after he's done. And I know that they're bringing back um, Taysom Hill, but I don't know how much they believe the, the Saints believe in him. So it's a good pick for the Patriots. And obviously, um, we know um, we'll see what Belichick is able to get out of Jordan Love. I'm not a big Stidham fan. I wouldn't. It wouldn't, still wouldn't shock me. Jameis Winston's available. Cam Newton's available. Well, I don't see them as being the Bill Belichick type. Maybe he brings in one of them to compete with Stidham because I just I wasn't a big fan of Stidham at. At Auburn, and I don't know what he's going to be able to do. I think Jordan Love. Starter. I think Jordan Love fits the mold a lot better. He's a guy who's going to stay in the pocket and he's going to throw the ball, and that just seemed like the Tom Brady way as well. So I mean, he still has some weapons around him. They're aging weapons, but they're weapons nonetheless for a guy like Jordan Love. They the weapons could make Jordan Love look a bit better while he be while he gets molded and while he's developed by Bill Belichick. Yeah, and. We'll see. And then when you have their their um their offensive coordinators, most likely the head coach in waiting in New England and um what the depends hell? if he actually leaves Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Josh McDaniels. If he actually uh, leaves. He's not gonna leave. I don't think he's but, gonna leave. I, I think he's taking he's the head coach in waiting in New England. So mm. it, it could be a good matchup. And I think Jordan Love actually has a chance to be a better quarterback than a Justin Herbert. I do. I think Jordan Love has a chance to be a really good quarterback. Um, there's some things, coached, there's right? some development. Yeah, you have to coach him out of things. And I think landing with Sean Payton or landing with a Bill Belichick is probably the best case scenario. You need mm -hmm. someone who can mold quarterbacks and who can make that quarterback into what they want that quarterback to be. So that's the best case scenario for a guy like Jordan Love. A guy like Justin Herbert, I think, could be a future stud under a coach who can actually coach him and do i think that's brian flores likely not but obviously it was the best case scenario at that pick for the dolphins yeah we'll see what happens and now we're approaching the three quarter marks of the first round we're at number 24 with the new orleans saints again i was going to take jordan love for the saints but he's not there so the saints have a lot on offense they don't really need to improve much on the offensive side of the ball so why not find somebody that can get after the quarterback they're going to take aj empaneza iowa defensive end um, there was a lot of talk coming into the, the football season that he had a chance to be like a top 10, top 15 type of pick. But the Saints get him at 24. Yeah, I know they took a defensive end uh, two years ago, I think. Um, had in, had some injury issues, but you know it doesn't hurt if you, if you can continue to build that position to get after the quarterback. So A.J. Epineza is the 24th pick for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, it means to toss up what Epinesa is going to turn into in the NFL. Honestly, if I had have been here at this position and I love him, I would have went Patrick Queen. They need some linebackers real bad there as well. But I mean, like you said, it's a good thing. They have an amazing offense. It's going to put you, that's going to put up three, four touchdowns a game. No doubt, easily going to put up 30 points for you most nights. 
with Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, you got uh, Michael Thomas. I mean, they're they're dangerous. They're going to be very dangerous. But you might as well kind of work on the defensive side of the ball. So you can't go wrong with an Epinesa. You probably couldn't go wrong with an Xavier McKinney. Probably couldn't go wrong with Patrick Queen. Yeah, have your pick of the lot uh, at, on the defensive side of the ball there. All right. Number 25, the Minnesota Vikings are your pick, Connor. So you grab the wide receiver, which, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Um I'm, I got to go with Jeff Gladney here, cornerback from TCU. They have the need at cornerback. They let Xavier Rhodes go. He just wasn't working out. Um, and age was doing him no justice either. So, I mean, here you, you address the cornerback position for me. Like the other need would be the edge position. So could look at either gross Matos from Penn state, but I'm going with the Jeff Gladney position. We've talked to, we've, or Jeff Gladney at the cornerback position. We've talked about it at length. If it's not the secondary or if it's not the defensive line, they complement each other. You need one, you need the other. They do not have very much at the cornerback position. They do have some safeties. They have some good skill at the safety position. So Jeff Gladney, I mean, I guess it it helps if you have a strong secondary and not so much on the defensive line, but you can't have a weakness at both. So Jeff Gladney, going with this pick yep it fills a weakness for the vikings all right number 26 the third for the third time in this first round the miami dolphins are on the board and they got this from the houston texans after they traded stills and the left tackle who's looking to become the highest paid tackle in football whose name is escaping me right now as usual who was the tackle that they traded laramie tunzel yes thank you laramie tunzel um got traded to houston and so Miami got their first round pick. Again, Miami got the quarterback and they got a defensive leader or somebody on the defensive side of the ball in our mock draft. I'm going to give them a young guy on the offensive side of the ball that you could pair with Jordan Howard, DeAndre Swift, running back from Georgia, um, mm. becomes the first running back off the board in our draft. I think he can go right in and, and be a starter right away, a Philly kid. Um, he has speed watching him play for Georgia. You know, Georgia and Alabama had a couple battles in the SEC championship game. And just seeing him out there, he can catch the football. He can do a lot of things. So I think Miami goes in and gets a playmaker on the offensive side of the ball to pair this Justin Herbert and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, as much as I love a guy like Jonathan Taylor, I mean, his type of – and, I mean, I get a ton of flack for going against Jonathan Taylor. His type of running back is just not good for the future. Mm-hmm. of the nfl same i'm on the same fence as derrick henry i would never give derrick henry the money i never would have given zeke the money he got a guy like mccaffrey i will give that money too it's what can you do for me in all aspects of the game deandre swift he can run he can catch he can block he's gonna do it all for you as a running back versus some of the other people uh some of the other running backs on the board so it goes without saying and you cannot go in as the Miami Dolphins. You cannot go into this season with your top two running backs being uh, Laird and Balage. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but Balage is garbage. And Laird is a change of pace back, but he's just on any other team. He'd be a practice squad or cut candidate easily. So DeAndre Swift, awesome pick here. And I see a mock to that, the 26 pick in almost every mock draft. So great pick. All right, let's go down to number 27, the Seattle Seahawks, who knocked the Eagles out of the playoffs after a cheap hit by Jadavion Clowney. Not not that I'm souring on that or anything. So who you got the Seahawks taking, Connor? So here it goes one of two ways. I either do I go and address the Jadavion Clowney hole 
or do I go and address the protecting of the quarterback who somehow is the only quarterback in the NFL who can go without protection year over year and make plays happen and perform. He's got weapons. He's got DK Metcalf. He's got Tyler Lockett. He's got Chris Carson. He's got Rashad Penny. He's got pieces all over the board. He's got like multiple tight ends now. So he's got a lot of weapons to work with. And he's the only guy who, if you give him two seconds in the pocket, three seconds in the pocket, he makes a play happen. And it sucks. He's getting older, but I would argue Russell Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And he definitely is at a bargain compared to what like a guy like Dak Prescott is asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going here and I'm going to address that edge position. I hate to do this, but they're the, if the offensive line, there are ways to address it in round two. I honestly think it might not be a bad option to trade back if I was the Seattle Seahawks in this position, but I'm going edge Penn state, Yeter gross Matos, um, with this pick to fill the Jadavion Clowney hole and to help out on that defensive side of the ball. Like I said, almost any other quarterback I would not trust, but I trust Russell Wilson to make plays, whether he's got three seconds, four seconds, or 10 seconds in the pocket. So I'm going with the edge on this one. Yeah, so Gross Matos going to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, yeah, you know, we don't know. Clowney's probably going to end up back with, with Seattle, but you never know as Asking prices dropping, and I'm sure that we'll see things open up for him after the draft, and we see what teams select it. All right, we're at number 28 as we're approaching the end of the, of the first round. The Baltimore Ravens, who finished 14 and two, best record in the NFL last year, uh, with the MVP in Lamar Jackson. They don't have many needs. Probably, possibly a wide receiver on the outside, maybe. Um, for them, I think they're going to want to improve the offensive line. And they're going to take somebody – could this be early for him? Possibly. But they get a guy that can play the interior of the offensive line, can play center or guard. I'm going to take Cesar Ruiz from the University of Michigan. He can go in there, start right away if needed. If not, he can you know, work on, him, work on his frame, um, learn the playbook, play guard or the center position, as I mentioned. Somebody has been talked about a lot that the Eagles are, are looking at, possibly for a second-round pick. They'd have to trade up for him. But I think the Ravens can get him here. Uh, it's a good get for them, somebody that – doesn't necessarily need to go in right away, but if needed to, he's able to go in, start, and make and and protect Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, this is a great pick here. I would have loved this pick for the Eagles, and I really want the Eagles still to do it, but he's got to slide out of that first round, or we have to trade back from one or one of the two alternatives have to happen because he would be a really good, he's depth for now, but he could be really be molded into a replacement for Jason Kelsey. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I would love him to go there, but I also love the option there for the Baltimore Ravens. You got to protect Lamar Jackson. You know, he's going to run. If you can protect him from those big, big hits that come from the defensive line, then you probably extend the career of a Lamar Jackson by a couple of years if he can get through that first that first level and into the second level. So good good pick there. All right, we're at number 29. The Tennessee Titans, who made a surprise run to the AFC Championship game, are now on the board. Yeah, this is honestly like I'm looking at it, and it's like the worst-case scenario for the Tennessee Titans because there's not a whole lot there at the positions that they need. I mean, their needs are edge and interior defensive linemen. you got to start addressing that. You just saw Yudo Gross Matos go. You saw all the big interior defensive line guys go. Uh, I mean, you could reach on a Zach Bond from Wisconsin or in the uh, Neville Gallimore uh, from Oklahoma on, to help that interior defensive line. Um 
But I'm going to go with Josh Jones out of Houston, the offensive tackle. Um, they've put some money, they've invested some money into um, Ryan Tannehill. They're, they would like to invest money in Derrick Henry. So similar concept to what the Cesar releasing. If you can help Derrick Henry by avoiding those massive hits um, at the defensive line, then you extend the career of a Derrick Henry a little bit further, even though his career will likely start its decline at age 28, 29, um, because of the way he pounds the ball as a running back. Uh, so I'm going with Josh Jones here uh, for this pick. Yeah, you're going to have to find a way to protect a quarterback. Who I, I don't know why they gave him all that money. I mean, I guess when you make a run to the AFC Championship game, that you kind of feel that he he, he deserved it, and you want to make sure he, he feels that he has – the um, backing of the organization, but we'll see. But yeah, good, good pick right there. Now, number 30, the Green Bay Packers, who made a run mm, to the NFC Championship game. Tough pick, goal. tough pick. They, said they don't have many needs. Um, you obviously build up the offensive line or defensive line. You want to do that. Never hurts. Um, I'm going to get them a wide receiver. Um, yes, they have. Um, who's the. I am struggling with names today. Wow. The receiver that burnt Avante Maddox a lot and then got hurt. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, thank you. Um, they did pick up Devin Funches. Um, so they do have weapons, but it doesn't hurt to add another one for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to get them T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. You get somebody that doesn't necessarily need to go in and play right away, somebody that can learn the playbook. If he has to go in in the slot early on, he can do that. Um, but, you know, you get weapon. That offense was, was – that offense, see, they were weird last year. They would start off games quick and then just die down by the end of the game. Like they, they were up what fourteen nothing on the Eagles, and then but the Eagles kind of just kept battling back, made a play, made a play here, made a play there, got a turnover here, got a turnover there, and they won the game in the in the end. So they, they got to find a way to keep the offense going for four quarters and not for just a quarter, a quarter and a half. Um, so T Higgins can go in there, and again, he doesn't necessarily have to go in and make plays right away. Um, but if, if called upon, he has the ability, has, you know, the the numbers in terms of, you know, the combine analytics um, that he can go out there and make plays for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, I don't love T. Higgins. I honestly think I don't either. Pos- position Jalen Jalen Reger would have been the better option. I think, you know, you get a burner down the field, maybe a guy who can move into the slot from time to time. It's tough to say, but the the need at wide receiver, no doubt, has to be addressed because you have Devontae Adams. And after that, you have a guy like Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, who's kind of disappointed. Um, and then the tight end position, obviously, Aaron Rodgers has had to rely and lean on quite a bit as well. So, I mean, T. Higgins is a good pick. You could, I mean, honestly, I think it's a reach at this point for the Green Bay Packers to go for any wide receiver at the 30th pick. But it is definitely a position that needs to be addressed. Um, as far as how they, they kind of filtered out during the games um, or fizzled out during the games, I mean, I think that that could be uh, because of the new coach and just kind of adjusting Aaron Rodgers and uh, the coach adjusting to each other and trying to get things going because the defense was really good and the defense is really good. So no matter what, I think you got to go offensive side of the ball here. Yeah, they definitely have to. All right, we're now down to the Super Bowl participants. The 31st pick, the NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers making their second pick in the first round. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, this is another tough pick. I mean, uh, for for me, their needs are cornerback, 
and then offensive line again by interior offensive line so you're i mean you got a few tackles coming up along the way like isaiah wilson ezra cleveland and stuff but i mean it it's tough um i am going to go with I'm going to do it. It's a bit of a reach, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah. I'm going to go and address that cornerback position. I'm going to give Richard Sherman some support on the other side of the field and then someone who can eventually step in as in general for Richard Sherman when he chooses to retire or when his time may come, which seems like never. Um, but Jalen Johnson is a really good shutdown cornerback, a really good option who probably would have gone early second round um no matter what so mm-hmm. i uh i'll take that pick there for san francisco who as we've said a few times does not have that many needs so it's like a best player available or kind of trying to address a need or trying to address a position where you're getting a bit older at yeah definitely and I, again if they I, I i still think that that they're not too high up on i mean they did give them the money but again you see how the play calling down the stretch in the super bowl last year they don't really have that much faith in jimmy garoppolo but they're going to go out and get a cornerback that if you can stop teams from scoring, your offense doesn't have to score that much. So we'll see. All right. Now, the world champion Kansas City Chiefs 12-4. and four. Um, We know that that offense is really good. Maybe they would want to improve the running back position. Um, I think that if DeAndre Swift was here, they would because he's kind of like a burner. He's more of a burner than Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a good – but he's also was the workhorse for Wisconsin and had a lot of carries. And usually running backs of that ilk kind of wear down quicker. Um, mm. And you see what that offense for Kansas City is. They're fast. They're they're a four by one hundred sprint Olympic sprint team. Um, so I don't know if you really have to do much on the offensive side of the ball if you're going to go offensive line. I think they're going to want to improve defensively. Um, they started off pretty bad, but then they got stronger as the season went on. Um, they can go a number of different ways here. They can improve the defensive line, improve in the back, um, the secondary, um, get somebody that can learn under the Honey Badger, like a, a Xavier McKinney. But I'm going to go at linebacker. They're going to take – and they, I think they would be happy if he's here. Patrick Queen, linebacker from mm-hmm. LSU. If he is here at the 32nd pick, Andy Reid runs his, his his fastest 40 ever at like 10 seconds and gets that – or no, they're not in the stadium. He calls as quick as he can, gets that name in. I think Patrick Queen is somebody that can go in there, be, be a viable starter for the, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, play or can play special teams early on and, and, and work in, on his role on the defensive side of the football. But I think if Queen is there at 32 – and you mentioned it before that he could have been picked at other spots um, in this first round, whether it be like a Miami or a Jackson, like he, he could Minnesota, he could be anywhere. But if he's there at 32, my, um, the world champion Kansas City Chiefs will be happy to take Queen on on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible opportunity to be able to pick Patrick Queen at pick 32 because he he goes sideline to sideline. He does it all. He's a really good coverage quarter uh, linebacker who I would have loved for the Eagles to be able to take. But as we know, the Jim Schwartz defense and the Howie Roseman mentality, there's just not going to be a linebacker going the first couple rounds. Um, so, I mean, this is it's a really, really good pick for a team that doesn't have a ton of needs they definitely have the need at cornerback as well but i mean we we picked the cornerbacks over pretty good we picked over the offensive lineman really good um so it's tough i mean there's another spot where caesar ruiz landon would have been a really good option he would have been a viable option for almost any of those final four or five picks so um yeah but patrick queen i mean you can't go wrong that can be a franchise staple in your defense for sure Definitely can, and you just improving a, a Super Bowl 
t- Super Bowl roster, and and that can never hurt. All right, so like quickly going through our first round, the, the first annual Kelly Green Hour NFL mock draft. Were any surprises that you know I made, or something that that somebody fell like Patrick Queen falling the thirty two? I think is a surprise for both of us. But is there something that kind of caught your eye um, for our first round draft? For me, a big one is Jordan Love falling. I'm not full, full on convinced he actually falls to 23 mm-hmm. because of like a team like uh, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who do need that offensive line to help, but do need to consider we have Brady for two years and then we need to prepare for life after Brady. So, and I mean, if you have Tom Brady on your team, you have those weapons and stuff, you're not going to be in the top half of the draft again for the next two years. So you have to consider that option like a Jordan Love um, and at maybe at even that position up up uh, where they where they're drafting at, which was what, 14. Yeah, like a Jordan Love sign passer. I've seen Jordan Love going in the top half of the draft in multiple, multiple mock drafts. So mm-hmm. I, I it shocked me that he made it to 23, but is a best case scenario for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Otherwise, just disappointment at the Eagles pick. It's so difficult to tell what the Eagles are going to do. I don't love Mims at 21. I don't love Jefferson at 21. Like you said, you either trade up, get in that bid and more for the top three wide receivers, or you trade back. You address like maybe the offensive line like a Cesar Ruiz, or you trade back, get more picks, and address wide receiver through multiple picks uh, later on in the draft. So those were the big shock for me was Jordan Love. Yeah, I agree with you when it comes to the Eagles spot. I mean, if we were allowing trades, I think that they would have made a move, whether they went up or they went back. A lot of teams actually would have made a move um, to, to, to a different spot, but we weren't allowing trades, so it is what it is. But for our first annual mock draft, I think it went very well. I really do. Yeah, I love it. I, just, I can't wait for Thursday night now. I know. Thursday. I don't. I don't even care. You could show them at home. You can show Dave Gettleman at, in his house with a bunch of paper in front of him. I don't know if you saw that, but they showed the L.A. Chargers um, manager and Dave Gettleman side by side in their offices. And Dave Gettleman's got this all this paper, massive paper. And the Chargers manager has like fucking laptops and he's got <laughs> he's got tablets, laptops, just technology everywhere. They uh, made me laugh. I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, they're doing apparently they're doing a mock draft on Monday, but I mean, they're not going to do anybody that's in this draft. They're doing it from like NFL legends just to make sure everything works. Well, I, I, I would have been interested, like say that they were going to use names of guys, like which team would have been the team that gave it, gave it away, like who that they wanted to pick. You know what I mean? Oh, the Giants. I mean, you look if you if you look at Dave Gettleman's picture, take a look at where he's drafting from. He's got a laptop and then he's got a book, a novel. I don't know what he's got in it, but it's over a thousand pages sitting in front of him. So, I mean, I think if you're going to pick a team who's going to give it away, you got to go with the New York Giants. What other team would give it away at this point? The Giants, maybe the Jaguars, just because of the luck they're having this offseason. Yeah, possible. Oh my lord, I'm, I just pulled it up. <laughs> it's a good picture. It's funny. Thick, he has a thick ass binder. Good yep. lord. It's all about the old paper. He's he's not one to save trees. Let me tell you. What an idiot. <laughs> oh yeah, but I am excited, just like you. I am definitely excited for round them for this weekend's NFL draft. A little sense of normalcy um, in the world that we are going through. Hopefully, the Philadelphia Eagles make a move that uh, makes sense. Um, Maybe they'll surprise us and take a linebacker. Who knows? They probably won't, but you never know. 
if they did, we everybody would be shocked. I just hope that they don't fall back on old reliable and take like a offensive lineman that they really don't need or get a defensive lineman when you have a wide receiver or a corner or somebody like at a skill position that could help right away. It's all I mm. Agreed. I completely agree with that. Don't go defensive line. What if they as, traded their first round pick as part of a deal for Yannick Ngakwe? Would you be happy with that? I don't love it. I don't hate it, but I think the needs are elsewhere where trading back in the draft and getting more picks and, and using our picks not to trade for, for a player is mm-hmm. definitely the better alternative. The Darius site pick, the Darius site trade. Perfect. We still have eight picks. We, we still have a lot that we can work with there, but say you're trading and pick multiple picks, a pick and a player. Um, no, I don't, I don't love it. I don't, I don't see the need as bad on the edge um, as others see it. I see the needs at corner. I see the need at, preparing for wide receiver big time preparing for life after Rodney McLeod or the failure of Jalen Mills at safety um you have to prepare for those types of instances or interior offensive line Jason Kelsey's getting older Brandon Brooks and his injuries you have to prepare for for worst case scenarios and that defensive line is is fine yeah I see very few scenarios where you're gonna have issues along that defensive line so get like a 30 second answer for this what is more Likely to happen. Trade up, stay put, or trade back? Trade back. I agree. Honestly, I'm going with the trade back. I agree. That's what I think happens, unfortunately. I mean, the caught, like you look at the value of the, the some of the, the teams and the picks that they have, and you consider just the value that they might put on it. The, I don't think it's worth trading into the top 10. I think you're going to mortgage a lot, a lot to get anywhere within that top 10 or to get where you can get one of those top three guy receivers. Now, if they the slide, way, we, yeah, the only way that they trade up for one of those top three, if we get to like number 14, number 15, number 16, and one or two of them are there, the Eagles are trading up for one of them. I think that they'll do that then. Absolutely. If there's a slide where you see like a Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy or CD lamb coming down and you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick coming up, the Broncos, the Falcons, you can probably do it without giving away multiple firsts you can probably make a pick or you can probably make that trade up but is tannenbaum the gm anywhere because Howie usually gets the best of him <laughs> i don't know i don't think i don't, th- so. I don't think he i is, think if know. a team he was smart, last he was, no. with his, he was with miami all right so that's it for the first annual kelly green hour nfl mock draft uh let us know your thoughts give us your feelings on who do you think the philadelphia eagles uh will select and uh, on Thursday, when things get rolling, we will be all over Twitter with uh, our thoughts on picks. And there's nothing else for us to do. We're all quarantined inside. So and give Might us well- a grade. Give us. I'm a very competitive guy, and I, I like to know that I, I've done better than. If you would have given da- if LJ, you given, if you would have given Dallas a punter, I'd have given you an A plus. Just saying. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor at Connor10. That's Connor T-E-N. And follow me at LJ Harrell 54 uh, Message us if you want to follow us. Get me get me some more followers. You know, I'm, I'm kind of getting obliterated in that category. But for <laughs> Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.